Uh, welcome to Anna Noob, episode three. Uh, this is the podcast where we take people that don't know anything about anime or actively despise anime and talk about anime. We still don't have a catchphrase. Nope. I am this week. We've got me, Derek, and we've got James. This week, hey, the everybody. Role of anime Noob will be played by Derek. But no, I'm the anime Noob. <laughs> and we also have Nathan. Hi. Yep. All right. Well, this week we are going over the six-episode little mini-series, Time of Eve, which the basic um, premise of this series is that... Robots. Robots, yes. That they're the humanoid. They look almost exactly like humans, except they have to have these um, kind of status display hologram thingies floating above their heads, and there's... Halos. Yeah, basically. And there's certain restrictions placed on them because, you know, humans are <laughs> a little creeped out by them, what with Uncanny Valley and all that. And, yeah. All the wrong restrictions were put on them. Well, yeah. And there's, and yeah, the main character, uh, Rikuo, and his friend Masaki discover a bar that is frequented by um, robots who, well, I guess the... And the, humans. Yeah, they officially call them androids, but... Yeah, it's a you've got robots and andro and humans that go there, and the robots turn off any indication that they are robots. So you know, just to have a chance to be normal, and it's basically six episodes of you know the the boys uh, meeting the other uh, you know the other patrons, and um, yeah, just kind of you know just basically learning the error of their prejudiced ways, kind of deal. So, yeah. Wow, you really took, like, an actively complex narrative and, like, <laughs> completely gutted it. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to podcasting. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's better than it sounds. <laughs> it is, well, I mean, yeah, that's the basic idea. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this and you need me to explain what the heck's going on, you need to stop listening to this podcast and go watch the stupid show. So how do we want to start approaching this? James, did you like it? Yes. Yes, let's do it like that. So I did with caveats. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Caveats? Caveats not good. What caveats? I was just frustrated with the ending, but when we get to the ending, we can talk about the ending. Well, once again, welcome to anime. So everything was great except the end. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I actually... So this is the first time that I wasn't, like, super... Um, lost in the pacing. Like, the the pacing actually worked for me in this one. Uh-huh. Did you watch so the YouTube one with the kind of not great translation? No, I watched... I watched it on the Crunchyroll in the episode. So there are there's some apparently some differences between the movie version mm. and the episode versions. So I watched the six episodes. Yeah. But then the movie apparently has a couple of extra scenes. Yeah, I don't think that's the one on YouTube. But the translation on YouTube I think is different than Crunchyroll because when I first saw it, uh, I think Nick showed us the movie version. I think and, so, yeah. And its translation, I remember being quite good, and the YouTube translation is kind of not as good. <laughs> it's a little sketch. So Yeah. I thought the translation was fine. Well, then I you probably watched a good version. <laughs> the one on Crunchyroll, yeah. Yeah, like the one on Crunchyroll is, is yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, Crunchyroll's definitely better and I mean in general they tend to be pretty good a lot better than your average scan la- um you know um fan subbing group oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You just be glad that you're not getting into anime around the times of around the time of fan subs because mm-hmm. yeah there were some really crappy fan subs out there whatever that's when I was watching anime fine most of them are better than <laughs> subs anyway James yes so what did you like about it, then, besides the um, ending and the pacing? Because <laughs> I like the pacing on this one. Yeah, there's a semicolon, I guess, or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, I thought the art style was actually quite a bit more engaging than 
Pokemon or Sailor Moon. <laughs> so you mentioned last time that you didn't like 3D elements in your animation, and this film has a lot of them. Yeah, and it actually worked in this one. I was like, oh, good job. Good job, everyone. It, it didn't feel like, you know, in Pokemon, you could just tell when the 3D was, like, in your face. Mm-hmm. This one blended a lot better to me. Mm-hmm. Plus, it was about robots, so it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was trying to figure out, did they, I was going to ask you guys, do you guys know, do they hand draw the people and then put them in the 3D environments, or do they draw the people in the computer? I'm pretty sure they draw them in the computer. I'm not certain. So is it more like Paper Man? Like uh, that Disney short where they make it look like it's 2D, but it's not? Well, it is 2D, um, but it's, you know, drawn in a computer. It's like, you know, the difference between drawing with pencil and paper versus just using a tablet and drawing directly in Photoshop. I'm pretty sure the backgrounds in specific scenes are 3D rendered while the characters or the objects that are moving are 2D animations that are drawn with the illusion of being in 3D space. Okay. Have you guys seen Paper Man? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, because that one's completely everything is 3D, but they've made it look like the. Yeah, the this yeah this doesn't look quite fluid enough that I can imagine that it was 3D uh, CG meant to look like 2D. And so I thought it was. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good animation. It what's kind of funny is that the art style kind of reminds me of uh, of the Persona, you know, the Persona 4 animation. Looks a lot like modern anime in general. Mm. Just more subtle. Well, yeah. Also, not I I did like that no one. I don't remember any time when anyone like started screaming and their face changed like how they do in Pokemon and Sailor Moon. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, that was nice that people just you know. Yeah, that yeah, that was it. It was definitely did not rely on the kind of the typical cartoony. effects that you get with a lot of um, you know with a lot of uh, anime older anime anime that's more directed at kids mm-hmm. and so yeah it's definitely a nice you know it's that's one thing that I really like some of the, my favorite shows are the ones that tend to be a little more serious they still kind of look in general like you know like your average anime but without the over-the-top aspects Mm-hmm. So it's you kind of get to a point where you've watched so much anime where you're so used to the more ridiculous storytelling tropes that when you see something that actually d- dares to be subtle, kind of throws you for a loop. You're just thinking, wait, wh- what? You mean you're not yeah. going to tell me what your goal is every five minutes? Why, thank you. That's quite nice. Because <laughs> yeah, if this were written, if this were written. The way your average um, shonen anime is written, every five minutes, every episode, we would have had Riku saying, I am trying to discover what Sammy is doing and why she is going to this place. Mm-hmm. Like, constantly. And we watch those types of shows all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you get tired of it after a while. Shows. It's like, I'm not saying I hate that. But I wonder I why I stopped watching while. anime. For the most part. Exactly. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I guess maybe we could make our um, mission statement for this podcast be trying to find anime that is not ridiculous. Well, I this know. That nicks the person you want to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would make for a very short podcast. He's like, watch this, 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 and this. He no, sent I- me an email list full of stuff. <laughs> nice. Oh, dear. <laughs> Wait, so... You're sidetracking this show. Yeah. I I liked having the each episode focus on different patrons. I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. I did kind of wish that in the first episode they had given us a little more info on what's his friend's name? Masaki? Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I felt kind of like they kind of throw his whole arc at you at once at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of thought, oh, he could have been, you could have, like, 
had some flashbacks in the first episode. Did, he kind of does. If you watch it again, like I saw it before, and this was me rewatching it. There are like yeah. some very subtle hints, mm. but uh-huh. it's way too subtle for anyone who hasn't doesn't know what's coming to pick up on anything. Right. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. I think story wise, as far as it goes, it's, it's very interesting how. You know, because, you know, with um, uh, Brandon's Writing Excuses podcast, which, by the way, any prospective writers in the audience that aren't listening to them should, um, they often mention how, you know, you can give the illusion of having depth or the illusion of a lot of things in writing. It kind of feels like this series is trying to give us an illusion of an actual plot. You know, every time... I I would disagree with that. I feel like there's a plot. I just think it wasn't... Yeah. super clear in a lot of episodes. Well, yeah. And why does it need a plot? Well, mm-hmm. I no, mean, I well, they plot. try, you know, they try, I mean, if they're going to try to pretend like they have a plot, I mean, I know that there's sort of like the p- basic plot is find out what this robot is doing, but then you've got all the moment time that we spend on the anti-robot committee people, and you're just kind of thinking, this never the pays ethics off. committee? Yeah. So this all never There's pays no off. It doesn't have to pay off. Oh, you're missing the whole point of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's there as a contrast. It's there. This is a character study on on these characters and then the perception perceptions of the world. So the reason why they have all of the anti whatever stuff that doesn't really go anywhere is just so that you understand the world they're living in. That's why they, like, make up a slang term for people that talk to robots and then never really bring it up except that once or twice. It's just so – it's just background noise so that you understand the situation they're in and why this is so weird. Yeah, but don't – And you may not have noticed that, but your, your brain noticed – like, you noticed that it was, like – you pick up on it without it having to overtly tell you that this is going somewhere. And it, that's why it's a good story is because it's just, like, here are a bunch of little things that happen to these people – there's no the only thing connecting them is this cafe and I guess the guy, mm-hmm. but it's like real life. It's not like everything ties together in some huge point at the end because that's not how life works. Well, yeah, but at the same time, don't you think that the same idea could have been gotten across in a in a more subtle way, rather than just having several scenes where the anime is basically saying. This is for contrast. That is the point. We are being very obvious about that. Wouldn't it have been easier to know? Like, you know, you could have done stuff like uh, the... It was subtle. Weren't you just arguing two seconds ago that... (laughs) Well, no, I'm just saying in general, those scenes... I need an example. What scene? Well, you know, just any of the ones where they cut to that committee, it just feels like it could have been done in a different way that didn't feel like it was, you know, a plot trying to build a plot thread. Like, you could have one of I the agree. robots walking down the street and they see, you know, kids picking on a, um, you know, an old defunct robot that's been abandoned somewhere, or you see or anti-robot... Or episode of the fourth episode. That's yeah. what that was. Well, yeah, but you could also have, like, scenes like anti-robot... Um, uh, oh, jeez, what's the word? Uh, Demonstrators? Uh, protesters? What? Close to that, but I meant Jerks. graffiti. That's it. Yeah, you know, like just anti-robot graffiti that says like robots go home or something like that. You know, just little moments in the story that could have been woven into the story without pretending that give bring the same idea across without pretending like you know there's a story that's going on here. Um, for but I think the there. Mm, I mean, I disagree with you <laughs> because I feel like there were little moments the whole time. The, the sister, I don't remember her name. Was it Rikuo's sister? Yeah. Whatever, has subtle yeah. comments. The lazy one. Yeah. The well, lazy I mean, one. You know, I'm not saying the those... whole The whole nameless uh, episode in number four. Yeah. Well, and then I actually think that the ethics committee was important because it ties that into really it. tied into THX or Tex or whatever because mm. that one switched a couple times in the translation, so I'm not sure what it actually was. But that robot... Uh, THX is the model number. He nicknamed it Tex. Oh, okay. Well, you know, that's... Well, I think it was a reference to Lucas's... George Lucas's movie. Probably. Because they have a number 1138 in there, too. But anyway, um, I think the whole ethics thing tied into the entire story between Tex and... Um, was it Masaki? Or... Yeah, Masaki. Yeah, it was Masaki. 
Uh, I, 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 I felt like everything was perfectly placed except for that very last scene. That was my... I think... I think... They did that ethics scene at the beginning, I think, to tie it in to kind of be a big shock. Because they don't tell you that his dad is this evil ethics guy <laughs> right. all, until the end. Which is, it, as James pointed out, that's kind of bad pacing because it just puts his story in one thing. But it also makes mm. it, it more shocking. It's kind of like a reveal. Yeah. Yeah. And so like you have to sacrifice one for the other. The only downside I have with it is that that arc really doesn't go much of anywhere besides yeah. providing I guess kind of a backup ambiance but again if I really think about it I'm kind of okay with it because that because there's a lot of things in that story that don't go anywhere like you could argue that every single robot story doesn't go anywhere because they just it's find true. out about the robots and then nothing happens mm. nothing changes yeah. like the only person that changes is the main character and his friend Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is that I find that the robots themselves are all interesting enough that I can forgive them for having stories that don't go anywhere, but at the same time, the whole ethics committee seems like kind of, like it's been done before. It's not quite interesting enough that I can forgive it for ultimately not going anywhere, and especially kind of with the ending where it's basically, there's an undercover android that's being sent, and then it turns and then they end it by having him, you know, by throwing him off the case or whatnot and saying, I was like, oh, no, you don't actually have to investigate this place. There's no need for that. You know, it feels... It, it's a bit of an anticlimax, which feels like a weakness in the story where there aren't very many weaknesses besides it, that one. Yeah, the undercover thing was kind of pointless. It kind of, I mean... Well, except for it really made that whole story make sense with text and... But, you know, but at the same time, I do have a problem with stories that build up towards one thing and then don't pay off with it. I mean, people would hate me for this, but it kind of reminds me of the fourth Twilight book. Where they're building up to a... just brought that up Sorry, but they're building up to a big (laughs) war... And then they end it by saying, oh, wait, no, we're not actually going to fight. You know, this, even if it's not necessarily the worst way to end a conflict between characters, it's still kind of disappointing because you're expecting one thing, but you didn't get it. You know? So, it, I don't know, it almost feels the more, like there was an episode missing at the, the more end. That I, the more that I think about it, the more I like the, like the whole thing. Well, well, there we go. That, that's something, at least. If if I do, if I think of it just as a big character study, mm-hmm. my my biggest problem was at the very very end with the one guy that's on the anti ethics committee, whatever that one was. Yeah, and he goes to report to the lady doctor. Mm. I was like, seriously, you're going to report to her, but we don't get like anything. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember when I watched that, but, and I was I just like, wait, it, it's we... like, oh, well, you know, they, at least there are people that are android-holics and people that aren't, and... Yeah. Did you watch the credits and stay for the after-credits scene? I'm trying to remember what it is. It's the bar, you find out what the bar lady has to do with the incident that they sort of casually remark, and that she knows the guy who invented the robots and how oh, they've tried how they've yes. tried to like set up a place for robots to be like people over and over and the incident was the crazy ethics committee before they got slightly more civilized like burned all their like killed all the robots in their old area and so they're trying they've been trying repeatedly to create like a safe haven for robots to do what they want because so he was like the incident a robot killing the yeah, so it's in the credits, kind of. So, like, she... She... It, it's, this is based on a light novel, and so hmm. if you... I haven't read the light novel, but I, like, read about it on Wiki. So it kind of makes more sense. It's not very well conveyed in the show. Basically, she, the main bartender, got in an accident, and then she ended up learning how to walk by a doctor who created, like, limbs for people. So he has, like, a robot hand. So like he created okay. like these like sentient limbs so that people could use them, but then he used that technology to take robots that were like like for a while robots were like that old one that can't wasn't really very human like, and then he made human like robots. And then the ethics committee when they found out 
came and like destroyed them all, and that was a big incident. And so since then, they've been trying to like establish a place where robots that he's made because they apparently, you know, like these types of like humanoid robots keep mainstream anyway, mainstream anyway. Like they've been trying to create a place where these robots, because they know that they can like feel and do all this stuff, but they have to like hide it because they're afraid of what's going to happen again. So they keep trying to make, you know, safe havens for them to kind of be themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like he references them like as his children because he invented them. Yeah. Right. Like he invented their like sentience. I do always have to laugh a little bit where you have stories like this where they have kind of like the humans that are against the robots and want to destroy them and I'm just kind of sitting here thinking you know I really don't think that would actually happen in real life are even, you kidding? Even the there biggest, are people right now that are worried about Google owning all those robotic companies there are people yeah, that are mad about manless flight drones doing our wars yeah. for us yeah except yeah. they don't go out and destroy all the drones or destroy all of the Google you know I kind of get the well, feeling that there would be try. enough I kind of get the feeling that there would be enough people that be, would be like, we have robots that look almost exactly like humans, this is kind of kicky. And would kind of be like, uh, hey, uh, committee people, could you not do that, please? You know? I don't know. I have, Personally, I'd have some qualms about But you saw people mistreating like, their robots and just using them like they were, you know, another piece of technology. So I don't really understand your point. Because you see both sides of it. You see the people that yep. hate the robots. You see the people that are kind of impartial to the robots. And you see the people that get along with the robots. And some of the people I think that that's why the school scenes were so important. Yeah, I mean... Because yeah. most of those boys were rather indifferent. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just in general, it seems a little over the top. Because maybe because I've never been around people that actively want to go smashing iPhones all, all, all over the place or whatnot. But... You know, it just seems a little like it's exaggerating just a little bit compared to what would actually happen in the real people, world. People go kill each other because they have different sexual orientations and religions all the time in the world. Other people. And you can't yeah. see them killing robots. You can see them killing other human beings over stupid things like what they, which deity they believe in. But the fact that, <laughs> the fact that they would disagree with them creating life in a machine, you can't see someone being so upset that they'd do something about that. Yeah, well, Are you a terrorist? We gotta take you down to the south, son. And I have lots of friends from the south. So. Well, it depends <laughs> on... I kind of feel like it depends on where you are. I mean, if this was set, like, in the Middle East, I could see it more, but... Yeah. Well, you know everything about Japan? <laughs> well, yeah, where's Nick? Yeah, where is Nick? They, Nick? Probably, they probably punch robots in Japan all the time. Actually, I kind of get the feeling that destroying the robots would not be the worst thing that they would, that some people there would try to do with those things. Well, the thing is, they just they mentioned that when they destroyed them in the past, they were like a super radical, mm. like crazy group, and yeah. now they've and they got like indicted and like all this stuff happened, and they had to reform and <laughs> and like with completely different sets. So now they're more subtle in how they try and address the quote-unquote robot problem. Yet, yet at the same time, I have to laugh because I'm like, oh, hey, look, this group of radicals that go around destroying other people's personal property. What? Let them reform? Yeah, sure, why not? Even if they've got, they're have got, more subtle about it, you're just still thinking, you'd think that an intelligent person would be like, okay, a previous version of this group kind of went crazy and caused a lot of property damage. Maybe we should be a little, keep an eye on these people a little more. Well, the KKK still exists. Like yeah. well, people kinda... still lobby. People like gun nuts still lobby. Uh, not to bring my own political agenda into this, but like you have extremists <laughs> on, on multiple sides that still lobby yeah. and get what they want. Like so, like mm-hmm. they just do it in a more civilized way because that's the way it is. So it makes sense that they would transition into that phase because as long as there's people backing them and agreeing with them, they have a political standing. And so they can still get away with it. Why are we focusing on this when this is not what the stupid freaking story is supposed to be about? I'm, Do you guys? I'm not sure. <laughs> did either of you watch Almost Human? Uh, no. What? So it was on Fox. Is Almost Human? Is a was that the one? J. Abrams produced show. Oh, uh, was that the one with? Um, was it about robots? Yeah. 
It's the one with Carl Urban in it, right? Yep. No, I haven't seen so it, but I've seen the The ad. funny thing is that Time of Eve addressed pretty much all the same things I felt like the other show addressed. <laughs> Except in half the amount Carl of time. Urban. And with better resolution than that entire show ever gave. <laughs> yeah, but with 100% less Carl Urban, so I don't know. I think it's kind of a tie. I don't watch things for Carl Urban. So. Yeah, he's, he's a good actor. But I, re- I really liked... Um, I liked them being able to focus on the, the characters in the patron, or the patrons in the bar. At each episode, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, did you? Um, I kind of wished. Re, what is it? Rikuo. Rikuo, yeah. Rikuo. I wish that he had had a, a little more. Um, he his characterization seemed to jump around a bit for me. Yeah, I could, I could see him, you know, being upset and then starting to be okay with it and getting <laughs> upset again. He's like, my iPhone's been going to the bar. What the heck? <laughs> no, but yeah. yeah. Um, did you? I don't but know his. His story was good. Yeah. I really enjoyed the... It was kind his, of... His resolution was excellent. Yeah, it was kind of a little... Yeah, it was a bit subtle on how they go from, you know, his character change. Because, you know, he didn't start off as a lunatic that hates robots. He was more one of the indifferent kids. So instead of going from hate to like, you're going from indifference to like, which kind of... still annoyed because he quit playing the piano because a robot did better than him. <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah, that... But, and I think I yeah. wish that they had kind of hinted at that, maybe a teeny more, a bit more in the beginning. But... Again, again rewatching it, this... they kind of do. Yeah. It's I know, I like no. This is a rewatch <laughs> series, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I so I think it's going to be a series where the second or third time you watch it, you're still going to get something new out of it because of how nuanced everything is. Definitely, yeah. So for your first watch through, uh, which episode slash which um, uh, group of characters' story did you like best, James? Ooh, um, I'm going to say that my favorite episode was the nameless one nameless mm. because i think it had the most emotion in it for me yeah because i'm seeing they're looking at that robot going he you know you mm. built something that has feelings mm. and now what you know and then and kind of the boys having to treat that robot like you know no discrimination and then having to get over mm. Their obvious prejudice was pretty cool. Yeah, it but I was... think my favorite story was Masaki and Dex, because mm-hmm. that one did kind of bring me to tears at the end. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely." So good work, Nathan. You made me cry. Right, yeah. The best scene is when What's His Bucket is giving his speech about how he's learned, and then you see his robot crying in the back, like like behind oh, the wall, because she still can't face him there but she hears him say all that that's the best part of the whole film yeah i have yeah i have to say i agree that i liked um episode four nameless um the most overall um mostly because it i don't know in certain way it's tonally at parts it felt kind of out of place like it was trying to be a comedy episode that still at the end managed to be really i don't even know if i laughed one time well, it's like, you know, I didn't laugh either. I mean, but I they smiled. Were, yeah, they were trying for comedy in places that it felt kind of awkward. So it's kind of entertaining to see them when they're so good at nuance and then when they try to do comedy, it's a little awkward. <laughs> and so... It was just an awkward situation was why it was funny. Yeah, which is... It was so awkward. Yeah, and it worked <laughs> really well. It doesn't make for good conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. yeah, that's, why, that's kind of why I like it. It also kind of stands out the most. It's kind of... I don't know. It's that episode that still follows the same basic narrative and tone of the series, but at the same time, it's trying something different, and thus it stands out compared to a lot of the other ones. And what's important is that even the... I was thinking, like, I don't really like the episode with the robots in their relationship. I think it's kind (laughs) of... I think it's bland. Yeah. But I think it's interesting because it's important because it shows that 
because they don't know each one. You know, the the, the end joke slash revelation is that they think yellow and tumen, but neither are. <laughs> um, is well, um, hopefully. spoiled the whole show already. Yeah. What I think is interesting, like that's an important concept that needs to be put yeah. into this story to make it complete, even if the story presenting it yeah. isn't particularly interesting. That one. And, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, and I, I was just going to branch off on that. Like something that I really like about the show versus other shows is that everything sort of resolves, but doesn't actually completely resolve. And it shouldn't, because, like, everything... Oh, it's real life, right? Everything's yeah. kind of still... It's nothing, like, tails off and ends. It just continues. And so, like, yes, What's-His-Face starts playing the piano for, for his robot, and maybe she starts playing, too, maybe he doesn't. I mean, even, even like, in the second-class episode, he still kind of treats her similarly when they're back at the house. Mm. Yeah, he and still hasn't been able to take what he's learned at the, the cafe and apply to at home. Well, he's in a society that doesn't be, encourage that. Right, they still have to be uh, uh, at the cafe for him to behave. Which is why it's good. Which is why the it, the contrast is, like, some of the best parts of the show is because you think, like, this would be really awkward if you're, like, you and your robot had, like, this sort of interpersonal relationship in some scenario, and then you come back home, and he's, it's like a machine. Like, how do you react to that? Like, how can you... Well, that's that's why I love Texas story from Saki. Yeah. And also, it also kind of depends. Is the robot voiced by Scarlett Johansson? Have you even seen that movie? Not yet. It's on my to-do list. You want to talk that, about that's... good movies? That movie's amazing, but... <laughs> well, is it called again, Her? That yeah. That was it, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, anyway... Yeah, that movie's not quite as positive on human <laughs> technology relationships as. Well, I mean, that, I yeah, with that one, I mean, I've been making iPhone jokes here and there this episode, but that one literally is he has a relationship with his iPhone, basically. And it's the OS, yeah. but yes, <laughs> but it's not spoilers. It's not as no? ham-fisted as you would think. Not spoilers. No, that's kind of the no. Whole that's point. like the premise for the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I know nothing about it. It's good. It's a guy who installs a new. There's a new like learning OS that's like supposed to be inter like supposed to be personal, like a super smart Siri. What was this the guy with the the mustache? Yes. Yeah, it's Commodus oh, okay. with it's Commodus with the mustache. Jocelyn Phoenix, and so like he installs it, and then it starts to learn, and like it's it's not necessarily like a phone OS. It's kind of ubiquitous because like in it's like the believed future where phones and computers and. And computers are everywhere, and your device interacts with everything instantaneously. You know, it's like geolocation data or whatever. Right. Um, and so this OS kind of permeates everything in his life, and he starts, and he just got off a really bad relationship, and he starts talking with it, and it develops, and they develop, and they realize that they have this kind of codependency and really like each other. And it seems really strange, but if you like the way they build the relationship, it makes perfect sense because. I don't know. It's also like a satire of the fact that people get in relationships over the internet all the time. How is this any yeah. different? Mm-hmm. Like, just because they don't have a physical body <laughs> and you know that, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of, it kind of ties in reasonably well with this story. Yeah. It's kind of like a reciprocal of this story because in, in her, they're all very, it's very obviously an intelligence. It just doesn't have a body that looks human. And in this one, they all have human-like bodies, but they can't acknowledge that they have similar intelligence and developments. Mm-hmm. And in her, dating an OS is actually, by the end of the movie, like, socially okay. Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's fairly normal. And so, like, it's kind of, it's an interesting flip on, I think, Time of Eve. But anyway, we didn't do this to talk about her. So. Yeah, no, no, no. But, you know, still, it's, you know, I mean, they're kind of similar, so it's important, kind of a good idea to bring it up. And since it's you're the only contrast. one that's watched it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, overall, uh, here's, a, here's a question. Do either of you feel like this series was just the right length? Was it too long? Was it too short? Did you, w- did you want more, or were you able to resist the urge to want more and decide, no, no, this is perfect, this is just the right amount we need, we don't need more. I mean, just, yeah. I was frustrated at the end 
when I first watched it with um, not getting any more info about the other committee, the, right. the non-ethics one. Um, now that I'm like a week away from it and having watched other stuff in between, hmm. I'm going to say I think I like where it ended. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think my my gut reaction to watching this series is to think that there needs to be a seventh episode where they actually wrap up the uh, you know the whole stuff with the committee. However, I have since learned that my gut reaction is um, a terrible writer, so I well, ignore him. I could care less about the committee. Mm. I think the biggest strength of this show is that you are completely engrossed in all of the characters by the time you hit the end, and it's only an hour and a half long mm. and totally segmented. And it's like, I could watch these characters interact for, like, hours. Mm. Like, it's just fascinating. And they're all super interesting. I could watch the cat girl be really annoying with that girl <laughs> that talks a lot. I think I wish there was more of her. I think she's super interesting. I don't remember anyone's name. Yeah, I wish that the first girl had been in it more. More prominent. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Not Chie, the girl with the hat. Akiko? That's or? a robot. Right, her. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Which is a great revelation. My wife didn't believe it when uh, <laughs> they go. They find out she's like at school and she's a machine. <laughs> after only yeah, seeing her in the context crazy. of the bar. Yeah, that. Yeah, that kind of felt. I don't know. It kind of felt. I'm not. I don't. Not sure. I can really vocalize this, but you know, it felt just. Uh, oh man, I'm gonna sound uncomfortable like or comfortable. <laughs> uncomfortable, yeah. It felt yes. really bad. It felt Very kind of almost, you know, you almost felt a little violated seeing a character that so, acted so human in the bar, and then seeing her act like a complete, like a machine. And oh, good. It like, did ex- that. That means it did exactly what it was supposed to do. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like you know, you kind of see that, and you're just like, wait, but this girl, she's so vibrant, and then she's around this douchebag of a kid who treats her like a machine and then you have to remember no no that's unfair to the kid she is a machine so i think he just one of the things know. one of the things i liked about this show is it made me confront my own ethics on robots i guess are you mistreating <laughs> your robot no i i treat all my electronics you have to stop talking right no but i think like, my initial reaction to a robot raising a child is a big no, no, no. <laughs> but honestly, if the robot is that capable, it's probably cap- more capable than some parents on this planet. Just saying. I think that's, like, the biggest point of the show is that if you can't differentiate the robots from the humans in a setting like that, then how are you allowed to be judgmental? Exactly. You know, it's it's a very... And you could, I mean, if you wanted to be really, you know, a movie critic, you could, like, say, we could, like, apply it to how people treat other people. Right. And then yeah. and then later pull in the prejudices and biases to kind of explain away. It's like, oh, they, she was a robot. Uh, oh, she was, you know, this or that. Yeah. But... Yeah, I think it. I think that's the the real strength of the story. Is it does a really because it plays the guessing game, like mm-hmm. who's robot, who is it? Right. Um, mm-hmm. It does really well at deceiving you. They're like all in the yeah. robots, of course. And yeah. So well, and, and well, of course, you like the ones that look like humans. As a viewer, you can be like, okay, you know, yeah, you shouldn't discriminate them. But then Nameless comes in. Mm. Well, that's pretty hard to treat him like a human. Yeah. A yeah. lot of the things that they were, you know, having valid complaints about, well, don't give him the drink because he'll just, you know, blow up. Well, yeah, that's a valid complaint. I don't want to blow up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the weird thing, is, the interesting thing is, is that the discrimination against the robots makes even less sense when you consider that, you know, they look, except for their um, status display, uh, Halo, they look exactly like humans. So in a way, the discrimination against them makes even less sense than, you know, racist discrimination. Because with, you know, racist discrimination, there's a, you know, there's an obvious indicator of, oh, look, there's 
I am a racist, there's this person, they look like this, I will discriminate against them. While the people that discriminate against the robots, if they don't know, there's no way of, you know, there's no way for no, them that, to know that the they're... That's the point. Men. Exactly, yeah. I mean, the that's point is that they, they had to make something so overtly superficial that indicated what they were, that mm-hmm. it shows how stupid it is to be fixated on something mm-hmm. that's an appearance-based thing to be discriminatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though, I mean, it's not like... Not like the, our current culture needs people to be saying racism is bad, or at least you'd hope that it wouldn't, but that is, of course, not the case, sadly. Well, it's more like don't... It's more like people naturally create stereotypes and preconceived notions, and it's just, as someone who <laughs> takes psychology, that's you have, you, have to, you have to have stereotypes in order to function because you can't constantly think about things all the time every time you see someone. So you have to create some sort of stereotypes in order to have brain function. But, like, oh, man, I've had a point with this. I don't remember what it was. But I think, like, ultimately, it's just, I don't know. It's, like, tr- it's trying to say to to watch what you think and, like, everything is not necessarily as it seems. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that he felt so threatened by the robot that played better than him, even though, like, his friends were like, don't worry about it, just keep playing. Like, yeah. And then he didn't, and then he wouldn't even play around his robot anymore because he was so worried. Like, mm. yeah. yeah. Okay, I- so I have I have an example of this. I think, because Derek and I were talking about this yesterday about kind of geek culture Uh-oh. having such a hard time with the change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one of the big changes right now is that there are a lot more women interested. In, I don't mind that at all for the record. And I, I know. I think, I think that's and, awesome. A lot of us love that. And so... You know, I've been a pretty vocal um, opponent to people who think that this is just an old boys club. Because <laughs> it's like, no, anyone who wants to be involved can go to Comic-Con or do whatever. Yeah. My... But um, mm. I've never seen anything, like, you know, super, you know, okay, I'm a white male, so I've never really had to worry about it. But mm. yesterday I was showing my cousin, who's 12, she's a little girl, it's like, oh, we could watch The Legend of Korra. Just thinking, oh, you know, it's a girl that's the main character. So we start watching, and Cora starts talking, and my cousin's kind of just sitting there, and all of a sudden she goes, wait, is Cora a girl? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, and she can sits up, and she's really, like, paying way more attention now that she figured out it's a girl. And we finished the episode, and she's like, okay, we need to watch another one. And I was like, oh, this, I've, I've never had that experience, you know, where I'm, like, success watching all this stuff, and all of a sudden, like, oh my goodness, it's just like me. But it was so important. Person's the have... same gender. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's kind of that's kind of funny because I'm like, what does it say about Cora's general design that it took your cousin a sec to figure out she's a girl? Well, she was wearing the armor, fighting the the fire. Okay, well, so. okay, in that case, yeah, that makes sense because you know. I kind of had a like, quote from Mulan well, where it's like, there's a couple of things I know they're bound to notice. Yeah, where, but, but I felt like those characters were this this revelation where you're like, oh, they're robots and humans. And you can't tell it was like, oh, this is actually way more important than I thought it was. Yeah. Having it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like the reveal oh. in Maxim in the book Maximum Ride that the main character is a girl, except done well. Uh huh. Maximum Ride is a terrible book, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, so it is definitely, yeah, and with that whole sense of change, I mean, personally, like I said, you know, I'm open to quite a lot of things, as long as they're well done, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I don't see why my enjoyment is hinging upon curbing someone else's enjoyment you know yep. it's kind of yep. like that anime free where it's sort of like people are like oh but it's nothing but guys that are fan service for girls and i'm like well yeah so what i don't care for male fan service ergo i'm not gonna watch that yet yeah at the same time when 90 percent of all anime has catering fan service to men even if it's not a show deliberately intended to be fan service exactly. watch Neon Genesis Evangeline and it's like so much overt fan service garbage <laughs> that is not like it's oh. not overly done but it's very obviously there <laughs> oh like, you sweet summer child <laughs> it gets so, worse <laughs> so it's yeah. terrible I, it's the whole culture but we're not talking about that yeah. why stop <laughs> 
Stop well, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the, you know, the resistance to change, which is kind of what you're well, getting. Well, that's what Eve is all about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eve is all about the resistance to change and discrimination. Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite robot in fiction? Favorite robot in, in fiction? fiction? In, in general. All robot. Or, re- or non-fiction. Any robot. Oh, hmm. Uh, I'm like, uh, uh... Oh, you know... I think I lied. I told Nathan earlier it was C-3PO, but I was being kind of... You better be lying. (laughs) I like him still. I I think I'd have to say... I like Robot T-756 from episode 27 of The Clone Wars. He's my favorite. Oh, just because I've watched The Clone Wars does not mean you should make fun of The correct answer is The Terminator, (laughs) but you can answer your wrong answer if you want. Bali. All right, that's Molly. actually okay. yeah. I um oh ooh, ooh um number Johnny Five from Short Circuit. He's awesome. Johnny, Johnny Five from Short Circuit. <laughs> yes. If I could have any robot, I would want Tex. He wouldn't talk to you. I don't well, know. I'd kind of want the Terminator. <laughs> oh dear. No, be, I don't want that. I'd be John Connor. <laughs> He's like, here, beat these guys up. No way, don't do that. You overreacted to what I said. He's like, how could you, a robot that operates purely on logic and input, have misunderstood what I said? Sorry, I just thought that scene was really funny in Terminator 2. But, yeah, anyway. Um, That's got robots in it. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, James. It's yours, Nathan. He said Terminator. I said the Terminator. Oh, you're both voting for Terminator? Well, he stole mine. I don't know. I, no, I, I just said that I'd rather have the Terminator because if I'm going to have a robot, I'm going to have, have a Sammy robot. Run. I don't know. I, what I want, what, my favorite is Johnny Five, like I said. Okay. Just because. I really like I that movie. Because. Have Bishop from Aliens. <laughs> They're like immortal. So, James, if you were yes. to give this a rating out of 10, what would it get? So, originally, I would have given it a 6. Wow, but that's hard. after thinking about it, I'm like, oh, no, I think I bump it up to an 8. There you go. I good. was just... Okay, after using your brain, you realized it's actually good. <laughs> <laughs> well, letting go of the fact that I was frustrated about the whole ethics committee... <laughs> Uh, anti-ethics committee thing. Like, eh, it really doesn't matter, does it? And it didn't really take away my enjoyment. So I think I'd want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Kind of get that's like, the deeper meanings of everything again. Yeah, and that's what I, why I think the uh, short, the six-episode runtime really works is because, you know, it's the kind of series that you have to watch over and over again. It's the kind of series that you want to watch over and over again. And it's not forcing you to sit through 500 episodes to get the entire thing again. It gets its point in an hour and a half. It's why Aeon is a novella. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, Which, by the way, is a book that Nathan will be publishing sometime, and everyone should go buy it. That's yes. about robots. Go buy his book. It is he gets good. it published. <laughs> yeah. Go buy it anyway. Let's not out. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Send Just Nathan. send me money. I'm sure your book will show up sometime. <laughs> send, Na- send Nathan $5 and he'll send you an unedited doc. <laughs> it's slightly <laughs> edited. <laughs> if, you, if, you pay, if you pay an extra $1.50, you get the doc X. <laughs> if you pay an extra $2, I'll put a little time of Eve quote at the end. <laughs> That's even better. Are uh, you enjoying your time at Eve? Oh, I loved that. I loved how the uh, episode started. For an extra three dollars, you get a you get kickbacks and residuals from the lawsuit that will inevitably occur when Nathan does that. Yeah, so. not if they don't find out. <laughs> so, on a totally aside. Mm-hmm. I should have kickstarted the stupid Blu-ray because now it's like two hundred dollars on Amazon. Two hundred dollars? Yeah, because they did a limited run who's for the, Kickstarter only, backers geez. only. I think. Who's the company and, that did that? Do you know? I don't know. And they they never printed it again. I don't think so. I don't know. I have to. If someone is actually listening to this and wants to like confirm that I'm not just making up stuff, but I swear <laughs> they did a. I swear they did a Kickstarter only run and then like a really limited run based on the funding they'd gotten from Kickstarter, and then that <laughs> oh, was it. So right. Like the Blu-rays, yeah. That's so okay, here's gonna show my lack of 
understanding of Japanese culture, but what is a light novel? Is it a manga? The short manga? Oh, um, Nick could tell you all about this. It's, um, okay, here's what it is. It's a short novel that okay. includes illustrations. Okay. For so, adults. And then, yeah. so do they have that over here? The, no. The time of Eve? By no. I mean, we don't do we don't have light novels over here at all. Well, we Nick do. is trying to start an English light novel yeah. movement. I mean, it is we okay. do have translations of certain Japanese light novels, uh-huh. but you know it's you know it's not something that we actually or write here form. because no. yeah, yeah, mostly because we we've kind of grown up with of the opinion that oh what it has pictures it is not proper literature. They're kind of like uh, novellas, like longer novellas yeah. with illustrations. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, it, Derek, my huge epic fantasy novels on the shelf have illustrations in them. So, shush. It kind of um, think in terms of um, some of the older uh, Legend of Narnia editions. You know how they had illustrations on the inside. Yes, it's called yeah. the Chronicles of Narnia. Chronicles of Narnia. I knew what he meant. Yeah, but you know, it's basically the like The Legend that. of Narnia. It's basically like that, but with, um, you know, anime, manga, art, drawing style. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I'm looking Time of Eve up on Amazon right now. And, of course, the, um, the product image is Sammy without a shirt on. Of course! Because that totally happens in the show. Yeah, but heaven forbid that free be allowed to exist. <laughs> no free. That's what we should watch. Okay, we can watch that. But seriously, we were gonna we were gonna trick we were gonna trick you into watching it and then not watch it ourselves and then just have an episode <laughs> of you being like, Why did I watch this? And then us being all <laughs> so I'll watch it, I'll watch anything, I don't care. Yeah, I guess I, I am totally secure in my sexuality I could watch free and just think it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I, you know, I'm what? sure I'd like it better than My Little Pony. That's all I have to say. Probably, I don't know. <laughs> I that did kind not of like My Little Pony. <laughs> Good. You then you're doing the right thing. And goodbye, all the viewers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, sorry, everyone. Yeah, everyone's allowed a, to like different things. I gave it a Unless shot. It's like, that's more than any, that's more than anyone. Well, Good point, but let's not go that route. But yeah. Good, James. You. Gave it a shot. You didn't like it. Nobody but I'm not going around harassing people to do. I know. It's like, you know, and, and likewise, I mean, just because you don't like something that someone else does does like, I mean, you know, doesn't invalidate their taste. Yeah, Nathan, you should, you should not say my taste is invalidated. Hmm. No one can get mad about me watching Clone Wars anymore. <laughs> I need to watch that sometime, but yeah, dude, I'm. I honestly, I'd be down for watching free. Just honestly, just because I'm kind of curious whether this show is actually good. Because I mean, superficially, it's very obviously meant to be fan service, but superficially, a lot of shows are meant to be that. I watched the abridged series in that, having watched the original show. Wait, they have an abridged series already? It's called Fifty Percent Off. It's hilarious. Oh, I need. To, I need to look for that. Yeah, we should do an episode on a bridge series someday. Just what does the bridge series mean? Uh, it's basically you take an anime or a cartoon, you rewrite the scripts to add um, dialogue making fun of the show, and then you re-record audio and edit the edit the footage so that it fits your audio. Basically, it's what me and my brother used to do when we watched Pokemon and my mom didn't want to hear it, so we mute it and make up our own terrible dialogue for it. <laughs> Pretty show, much, yeah. Show our mom who was boss, and then things got really out of hand very quickly. So yes, right. yeah. <laughs> we should, ma- yeah, should definitely make you watch the Dragon Ball Z abridged. They're actually re- really good. Hey, I have a question. Yeah, yeah. So, what are we watching next time? And can I can we watch five centimeters per second? Because I want to watch it, and I need an excuse to like. Get me to watch it. Wait, what's five centimeters it? per second? It's apparently like some anime love thing, love story. Did you say love thing. That's love story that's like really subtle. That it's like it's Nick's favorite mm-hmm. anime movie ever. Right. Well, right now I know for the next episode, which I don't think on you'll YouTube. be on. Yes, yes. The next episode that I don't think you'll be on for Nathan, um, James has watched a bunch of Sailor Moon, you so we'll be recording that. Poor fool. 
I yeah. know. <laughs> so we'll be recording at least four episodes of that. So, but after that, I'm down for four episodes whatever. of Sailor Moon. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Four episodes of the anime in a single episode of the podcast. Ah, that makes more sense. Because I do a one hour long podcast per Sailor Moon episode. (laughs) Because the complexities must be examined. Yeah, the nuances of Sailor Moon need to be exposed. They do. (laughs) See, and yes, and yes, see, in this episode we discover that Usagi thinks she is fat, despite the fact that she is drawn to not be fat. Thereby, there is some blah, 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 psychological stuff, etc. There's psychological stuff. She can't have psychology. Stuff. She's a character drawn. Yeah, well. Yeah, but, in Sailor Moon. Yeah, but nonetheless, yeah, I'm down, I mean, yeah, I'm down for what having free or the uh, five centimeters per second that you mentioned. I'm wait, 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 James. Would you yes. recommend a time of Eve to somebody? Oh yes, good point. Well, okay. If I win. <laughs> I would was you trying spend, to figure out. Would you spend one hundred and twenty-eight dollars to <laughs> get the Blu-ray? Don't ask him that. <laughs> I know, like I'm not buying the Blu-ray. But it has a picture of a naked. Would you robot. kickstart it for thirty-five dollars and get a Blu-ray? If if I had um, kickstarted, I would have liked. Um. So I would recommend it. To someone who is used to anime, definitely. Mm. <laughs> yeah, though you. Would I don't know. Like a good introductory anime. I think it's pretty heavy for an introductory anime. <laughs> it shows the genres deep, yeah. or can be. It's definitely. Rarely. It's definitely one of those ones that you'd want to pull out whenever someone says anime is just for kids. Yeah. Or, or someone that says anime is for degenerates. Which you may want to you may want to have them close their eyes on the boob shot f- during the uh, lovers episode, because otherwise they may latch onto that and try to prove. Oh, well, that was funny. It was funny because he. <laughs> that actually wasn't as bad as I was thinking. I mean, it wasn't as bad as anime gets, but if you're trying like, to prove to someone yeah. a point, you may want to have. No, it was important because he was lusty. He was a lusty after this woman, and then she ends up being a robot, and so he was looking at her sexually, <laughs> even though she was a machine, which is the point of the show, is that even he couldn't, his hormones couldn't differentiate. Yeah, I would so, kind of laugh if at the end he'd been like, but what kind of human being would lust after a robot? And then someone was like, kid, you're in Japan. Answer your own question. I wouldn't recommend it to just everybody, but anyone that has, has had experience in anime as an adult, yes, I would. Yeah, kind of for people that, you know, have may have a preconceived notion of what anime is. Yeah. It would definitely work. Because that's kind of what happened with you, isn't it, Nathan? Because re- I think one of the reasons you like... Well, Nathan liked some anime before this. Well, yeah, but he also, as he himself has said, high person that we're talking about as if he wasn't here. I know. <laughs> there's a lot of shows... You don't know me. <laughs> you don't know... We've you known know, you for like eight years. You don't know me. Yeah, but you, I mean, you have a lot of shows that you watch and you kind of get this, oh, most anime is this, you know, kind of like, um, and then you saw Time of Eve and it was kind of like, oh, hey, this isn't like all those other things that I thought all anime was. I knew that stuff existed. It's just not worth, it's just much more difficult to find and... I usually I don't go out of my way to watch normal television shows, so I definitely wouldn't go out of my way to dig through freaking <laughs> yeah. free and One Piece and all that nonsense. I don't care about to like find something that might be good. Yeah, it's definitely a you good. Watch a normal episode. Yeah, it's definitely a good advocation for the for gatekeepers. <laughs> yeah, I still think Bebop's great, even though it's flawed. Yeah, we should watch, Cow- um, well, not just, well, we need to definitely watch Cowboy Bebop because James needs to see it. But uh, another one we should check out is um, Outlaw Star. Which I was not a huge it. fan of that one. but I really liked it. Are you going to write these down somewhere? Because there's no way I'm going to remember all this. Someone... Uh, don't worry, I'll remember. Wait, them. maybe you should end the podcast and then we'll have this discussion. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, yes, please. All right, so... Uh... <laughs> Thanks for listening, yes. if you did. I don't know why you if still If you are. like anime, you should watch Time of if, Eve. Because if I think you you'll like, comment, best. subscribe, yes. leave a comment in the comment box. Yes, 10 out and of 10 And watch Nathan on YouTube. <laughs> rate us on YouTube, rate us on iTunes, rate us on IGN. Please send it to Roger Ebert so he can know podcasts or art. Um, 
Yes. Also, somebody, if you want to rate us on iTunes, please explain to me how I get it a second podcast onto iTunes because my current <laughs> plugin isn't working. No one's going to tell you that because you're not on iTunes. Oh. I know. It's like, that's, that's just crazy talk. Yeah. Oh, well. If you want some PayPal money, my PayPal account, and no, I'm just kidding. Oh, gosh. No, but seriously, if you want to say in PayPal, like would not complain at all. <laughs> but, well, all right. we'll go buy anime and watch Go read Yotsubud. So. Don't read anything else. Mm. Be nice to your mother. Right. Yes. Well, Money we'll see you next bank. week. Yeah, we'll talk to you. Yeah, we will week. see you all next Monday because Monday is the arbitrary release date for these things now. I won't be there next time because I refuse to watch Sailor Moon. <laughs> you should give it a try. It actually got better this Yeah, you should give this hard freaking crack cocaine a try. It probably isn't bad for you. No. <laughs> yeah. That is bad for you. Any children listening to this, that's bad. Yes, just like Sailor Moon, the crack cocaine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's not that addicting. Anyway. Uh, no, I can, yeah. I can stop whenever I want. <laughs> I don't know. You're the one that volunteered to watch four more episodes when I was just singing. Yeah, like, James. Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> I was bored. I needed something to help after. God, most recre- yeah, most recreational drug use is the co- is caused by boredom. You're bored and you have a Netflix account, and so your first reaction was, "I'm gonna go watch some more freaking Sailor Moon." <laughs> that is kind yep. of. Yes. <laughs> it makes uh, for good podcasting, Derek. It does make for good podcasting, which is why I should probably watch those episodes um, pretty soon. All right, okay, well, end this. Yes, good, we are done with the podcast episode. There is no official ending. Bye. Bye. Outro music. And stop.